snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. He goes. It's Hester. Inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. You're listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now, with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 81st episode of the Pigskin Project. Um, started out how we always do. Ben, how you doing? <laughs> I am doing great. Um, just like it's been the last couple weeks, tired, real busy day today. It's the first time I've been home in like 14 hours um mm. so that's why we had to push it back just a little bit for those wondering that is 100 on me um it's, it's good um college football is back this week we'll get into a little bit more but that has me hyped for sure yeah absolutely i um it's been a long week since the last time we had our our oh, actual episode um i've done fantasy draft we, in between there i've had three in three consecutive. This is the first night since Saturday that I haven't had a fantasy football draft. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we had obviously our Lucas Oil Stadium game. Um, I, I wish that it had gone a better direction. Um, unfortunately, it didn't. Um, but, you know, ever since then, I'm not going to lie to you, buddy. It's been kind of like a train wreck. Um, so, you know, we're looking up. It's going to be all right. Um, you know, and ultimately, you know, as far as, you know, everything else goes, football's coming back and there's nothing on this planet, you know, besides obviously, you know, the little things, you know, that, that make me, you know, as happy as football does, you know what I mean? So, um, last week for like four months that we won't have football. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, um, the football team, we lost, uh, 20 to eight at Lucas oil stadium. Um, you know, just tiny little mistakes. Um, but we're making, you know, improvements. Um, it's just, you know, there's, there's a saying that I'd like to kind of establish, um, for anybody that's listening, that's affiliated with the team, um, or just in general, um, basically, um, you know, it, it, I don't remember verbatim what it is, but essentially it's like my greatest enemy is myself. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, with all of that, as much as it sucks that, you know, we didn't win and stuff like that, you know what I mean? It's, you know, ultimately boils down. Oh, here it is. Uh, to know the enemy is to know myself. That's, that's what it is. Um, and the first couple of weeks is just evident of that. And it is for every high school football team. So, um, you know, it's important to kind of keep that in mind as we move forward and everything. But um, ultimately, I mean, still blessed to be able to do the job and everything and uh, keep, you know, working with the kids and stuff. And I think going into conference play, if there's ever a week to where, you know, if there's ever a couple weeks where we're OK with making a couple mistakes, it's weeks one and two. And then mm -hmm. from there, as you know conference play kind of starts up and everything. So, um, you know, it's, it's starting to get a little intense and I'm looking forward to the next update that we have. Um, but do you have anything personally that, you know, you'd like to share in addition to that before we get into, you know, everything? <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I, I mentioned it, I guess a little bit on Monday for those who tuned into that or listened back to that. I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold, um, so just stay with me with a little bit of a, I know my voice sounds a little bit more nasally and I'm going to try to mute myself when I have to like kind of sniff, but just, uh, stay with me, um, for those who are listening and I apologize, uh, I had a hand. <laughs> I get you for sure, man. I, I have a really bad acid oh, reflux going on right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's acid horrible. Reflux will 
get you. Yeah, so if you see me kind of like pausing for a second, it's to like try not to like hiccup. So then I'm also drinking this <laughs> massive water right now. So hopefully hey, that'll work. Man. Yes. Let's get into it. Obviously, there's there's at least one guy that I really want to talk about that got pretty disappointing for um, roster cuts and everything. Um, however, we got to get into the rest as well. Ryan and Ben bring you weekly news. So, obviously, there was a lot of news that came out this week. Lots of trades for kickers and everything like that as well. We're not covering everything here because that's just purely unrealistic for what we want the show to be um so really what this week is going to do just because we do have to cover the greatest rivalry and the world's greatest sport as the title says Mm -hmm. um you know whatever yeah um you know (laughs) um you know we do have to cover you know a few things as well so um, you know, let's just dive right into it. So obviously yes. weekly news is going to be a little bit shorter probably this week, but um, Cardinals cut quarterback Colt McCoy. Okay. Try and say that five times fast. That's quick. Uh, anyways. So really, really tough. Hold on a second. I completely forgot to note this before we dive into it. Um, I promised you guys two guests. This oh, week. yeah. Unfortunately, that's not coming to fruition. However, when the season starts, I do have people lined up, and it's not going to be an every week type thing, but you guys are going to see more guests than you're used to during the season. Um, yes. And one of them, I'll drop a little hint because it was a lot of fun to have them on the podcast, and they are a uh, they are a fan of a team that we are covering today. So that's your it is. Um, anyways, so yeah, Colt McCoy got cut. Um, so ultimately, this is probably the most obvious tank I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, it's it's just I mean Kyler Murray is not the guy going forward. If he will ever play a snap in a Cardinals uniform again. Really? You're going as far as to say that. I yeah because if you're him and you're the Cardinals as you just mentioned with with the cutting of Colt McCoy, you kind of have to start thinking about this is the tank like you said, um, and uh, and uh, if you're Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals come to you and say like hey we're tanking we're gonna get Caleb Williams. If you're Kyler, you're going to be like, awesome. I have no trade clause. I'm going to decide where I'm going to where I'm going to head out. Um, so if you're Kyler, sit back. Um, you know, you want to put yourself in a position where you can go and find like a team you want to play for because you're not going to want to step back in after tearing your ACL for this god awful roster. Like it's not going to look good. It's just going to hurt your trade value. Um, it's good for both sides, honestly. If Kyler never plays again. Um, but that, that's my, that might be like hot take-ish, but after everything happening, I don't think Kyler will ever play a snap in the Cardinals. It's interesting just because you have a new head coach coming in and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, normally that signals rebuild time. Um, exactly. So, you know, going into it, it's just, I mean, Colt McCoy looked like he was going to be the bona fide starter. I don't know what happened in Arizona as far as training camp and why this was the surefire you know, decision, but, you know, um, this one, you, you know, I want you to speak on a little bit. I also have to get my, uh, my MacBook chart or not my, yeah, my MacBook charger. Um, so I'll probably <laughs> have to leave here briefly. Um, but Ben, why don't you talk to us about your new tight end? Yeah. Um, the Eagles, like, I mean, it was like the bare minimum. Um, I'm not going to even try to pronounce the last name. I'm just going to call him Albert. O. Uh, for those who are kind of familiar, he came out of Mizzou um, three years ago, so he was going on to his last year of his rookie contract. Um, and kind yesterday, there was the rumor that you know he was going to get cut, he was going to get waived, um, and then that's when Howie kind of jumped on it and was like, "I'll give you guys a six-round pick if you give us Albert O and a seventh-round pick." So you barely give up anything. All it is is ensuring that you get this guy in the building and you don't have to worry about him going through this waiver process. Um, 
he's going to, at best, probably be tight end three for this team. He offers uh, some nice, like, receiving upside and whatnot. Um, but th- th- there's not much to it. I mean, he's 6'5", 260, and runs like a 2 or like a 4'4 four four or something. So there's not much to that trade. But kind of a trade that I was hoping that we'd see uh, in kind of the deadline. We talked about it a couple times, um, like, throughout the last podcast was – Jonathan Taylor was given the by four o'clock on Tuesday. We will like let you pick and find a trade. And if we can't, then we're going to keep you. Now he's put on like pup. He won't play the first four games. Um, didn't find a trade, obviously. Uh, but kind of the most interesting thing that came out of that um, is because I'm not too surprised they didn't find a trade. Um, but there was this always like this like this lingering like mystery team that you know, has, was put in like an offer and was interested in whatnot. Um, and it came out that so mystery stupid, was the Packers. It was the Packers. And then it got even worse than that because like an hour later, it came out, as we all knew, the Dolphins were interested in him. But then Chris Ballard was like, the only way you're getting him is if you give up Jalen Waddle. There's no way you're giving up Jalen Waddle for, for Jonathan Taylor. It just is I wouldn't do that in fantasy football. I know it's it just, it's not, um, it's, it's not looking ideal for Jonathan Taylor and even his odds for playing this season, but we'll see if he gets traded at the deadline this year. Let me get a feel for your, you know, your, um, you know, value for Jonathan Taylor here. Um, first off, let me switch this. There we go. I probably sound a lot better anyway. Yes. So let me get your, your feel for Jonathan Taylor's trade value. What do you think is the most reasonable price for Jonathan Taylor? Because obviously some people were saying like, oh, they're looking for first round draft capital, stuff like that, like the value of that. I don't think that's even close to what, you know. No, I think if you're Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, I mean, I understand why you're asking for a first. Um, Like it's not reasonable, but like, you always work your way down. Like, because if you're going to ask for a second, you're not going to get a second. If you're going to ask for a third, mm-hmm. you're not getting a third. So you always ask a little bit higher than what you're actually looking for. I think realistically, I think if you're him, if you're Chris Ballard, you're going to say, I'm not doing anything more than a second. Like, if it's not a second, I don't want it. Like, at least give me a second round pick. Um, mm-hmm. But if I'm any other team, I'll be like, I'll give you a third and a five for him. Um, yeah, but uh, you don't want to trade for a player that's not going to play the first four games. And then the whole thing, more than anything about this, is not even the player itself and his value as him. It's also, and I think this is what's holding up the trade, isn't even the draft compensation that goes for him. It's if you trade for him, you're also paying him $13 million a year, $14 million a year. And I really think that's what is holding this up. Um, yeah. But I think if we get if we see him get traded at the deadline to let's say a team like the Eagles or a team like the bears, cause they're surprising everyone or, or the surprise team. Um, my guess is like, he's going to go there, finish out the year and not get a new contract. If he's traded at the deadline and then he'll hit free agency next year would be my guess. But yeah, to answer your question, if I'm Ballard, I'd want a second from another team. I'd give up like a third and then like, uh, early to late day three. So, okay. Um, yeah, I was thinking a second, maybe a fourth. So I might have overpaid yeah. if I'm a GM in your eyes. Um, anyways, <laughs> this one we literally texted in the group chat separately about and over every other cut. <laughs> Bailey Zappi is gone. Um, that's, I mean, it's wild. I mean, looking at last year, right, Mac Jones looked like he was just a bridge quarterback last year. He (laughs) he didn't look great at all. So looking at Bailey Zappi coming in and performing close to the same as Mac Jones. If not better. I mean, he looked real good. And, like, when he played, there was, like, a a small majority of people saying, like, oh, he might take the first team rep. But sorry for cutting you off. No, no. And not only that, but they also cut Malik Cunningham. So Mac Jones, as of right now, is the only quarterback on the Patriots depth chart. And he got injured last year. That's the whole reason Mm -hmm. why Zappi subbed in. So, like, if you're the Patriots, you're obviously looking at the quarterback market right now and the waivers and everything. And I'm sure 
They're not just yeah. going to go into the season with one quarterback. I'm sure this isn't done yet. Um, but, I mean, this is just even more fuel to the fire as to why we're not that high on the Patriots. Um, you know, we talk about, like, their offense and everything and how, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, still a serviceable running back. Their wide receiver core, probably one of the – it's, like, headlined by the most overrated run or wide receivers, <laughs> you know. Um, yes. Then you also have, you know, tight end room, not really great. Their O-line is mid, you know, their defense is really the strong suit, and it's not even that great. So if you're a Patriots fan, I'm sorry to tell you, but this is a throwaway season for you. Mm. Um, but this is just absolutely stunning to me. I think this is a no-brainer. You know, looking at Malik Cunningham as well, he didn't have a bad preseason. I thought that, you know, maybe if, you know, Maybe he could overtake somebody. I'm not entirely sure, but like Bailey Zappi was not the guy that I would expect the Patriots to get rid of. Um, no. Next up, the Saints cut corner Bradley Tope. Okay, it's Roby, not Toby. Stupid autocorrect. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one kind of surprised me as well. I don't really need to, you know, touch on that too much though. Yeah. Um. So the Giants wide receivers, uh, Cole Beasley and Jamison Crowder got cut. And I made a note of this strictly because now they only have, I want to say, um, I think they also have five wide receivers on the team now. Um, the Eagles only have four. So it's just, I mean, right now, I might just be overreacting to a few of these because, like, I also put down the Buccaneers cut David Moore, and they only have five wide receivers on the team, and everybody knows how injury-prone that whole Buccaneers team is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, with everything like that, it's it might be an overreaction on my part strictly because – of you know how much still has to process in the next say 24 to 48 hours before people start you know filing in yes and like again i like i'm sure people know this at this point but like the the most important thing to know is this is like the initial 53 this will i guarantee you for every single team there will at least be one change by the time that your team plays week one so a lot of this stuff, for those who don't know, this is kind of rules that have been changed. Um, it's called the vested vet. So if you if you're not if you're no longer playing on your rookie contract and you weren't like claimed up as like um, um, like as a training camp tryout or something. Um, so if you've been in the league for more than four years, if a team waves like cuts you, they don't have to go through waivers. They'll just automatically come back. Um, so this is a lot of teams like will cut their veteran players and then. I'm getting some static here. I'm sorry, guys. Um, is, c- cut their veteran players and then assign players to the IR, the injury reserve, and then bring back those veterans. Because, again, they don't have to worry about those veterans getting poached because the vested vets don't have to go through waivers. Um, give me one sec here, guys. I'm going to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on um, from that point that he's talking about, you know, as we kind of um you know progress through this list of stuff that we have to talk about um so the 49ers have traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys um and you know this move ultimately just solidifies his status as a bust in my opinion um i mean ultimately th- this raises two questions for me second first off if you're a Dolphins fan, how you feeling? Because this is great. You you pulled so much out of this trade. Um, second off, what does this mean about Dak Prescott and where he's at mm. as a starting quarterback um, and, and how Jerry Jones feels about him? Because there's another report that said if, you know, um, Jalen Hurts had fallen to the Cowboys, they would have picked him up as well. And that Which, was by the way, ago. that report made me so mad because Why Jalen Hurts – Jalen Hurts was picked at pick 54. The Cowboys picked at pick 51. So they the Cowboys could have had totally him. could have had him. Like, and he's if they would have fallen, he did fall to you, and you didn't pick him. Jerry yeah. just wants us to seem right and whatnot. But besides the point, that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, <laughs> looking at yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could vent about the Cowboys probably all day, couldn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, looking at this, you know, I'm trying to look back at the draft because that's a solid point. They did pick up Trayvon Diggs, so it wasn't a bad mm. p- 
pick. No. Um, but what they were saying is if he could fall to Jesus, if he fell to round three, pick 82, that wasn't gonna happen. No way. You're asking him to fall. He wasn't gonna get more he spots. was not gonna get past the Bears. He wasn't gonna get past the Bears. Yeah, yeah. So which I mean, looking at that, ah man, that's even interesting because the Bears passed up on him as well. I know. Um, and the bears did not have a draft pick after that, you know, in between theirs and the Cowboys next pick. So even if, you know, I'm just saying I I was advocating, do you remember me advocating for Jalen hurts to the bears? Like, Oh no, we had a a, a big conversation about it. I mean, me and you, like before the draft, I was like, it'd be fun for the bears. Like, to get Jalen Hurts. And I know it's like yeah. all fogged up now because of everything that has happened. But like, I really liked Jalen Hurts in that draft. And then I was mad that the Eagles draft him because at the time we had Carson Wentz. He was coming off of like his first full year where he looked good. Uh, so I never like didn't not like Jalen Hurts. I just didn't like him on the Eagles. Uh, but like you said, yeah, I mean, we had conversation about him like going to the Bears. But again, all besides the point um, that like, it is funny that you, or it is funny that you do mention the whole, whole Jalen Hurts thing, is because whether you like it or not, like Jerry can sit behind the podium and say, "We just did this because it was a smart move and whatnot, and he was a good player for a good price, and we still have all the confidence in the world and Dak Prescott and whatnot." But it, it, it does say something because Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round and how he sat behind the podium and said, we have all the confidence in the world and, and Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz is our starting quarterback. And we have no doubt about it. And look at where we are three years from now or three years from that point. Um, and I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to step in and be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, um, but it has to at least ring a little bit of bells saying maybe they don't have enough confidence in uh, Dak Prescott, as they thought, especially after a kind of shaky training camp that he's had, at least due to all reports coming out here. Yeah, it's – I mean, I don't even have confidence enough to draft him in fantasy, let alone <laughs> no. run like the ball team. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, just, he just led the league in interceptions and missed four games – or three games. Yeah. And interceptions are one of those things that, like – are back and forth and then it's kind of hard to like, but still like that's, that's pretty impressive to lead the league in interceptions and not play an entire 17 games. So yeah. they have to at least be a little bit, um, uh, you know, arm bells or alarm bells ringing in their head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at everything there, um, I think we covered that. Um, this one, this one's also interesting. Um, Texans cut linebacker Christian Kirksey uh, and cornerback uh, Desmond King. Um, both mm-hmm. ran with the ones for Houston. Um, at that point, I mean, this is veteran leadership right here. If mm-hmm. you have a younger team, this is this is a huge opportunity to get them. You know, I don't know. My, I'm sorry. Um, You're good. You and the thing too here. about. The, the thing, too, which is funny because uh, Christian Kirksley, like, literally, like, got cut and then, like, didn't even make it through waivers. The um, the Bills picked him up on waivers, actually, which solid is, uh, yeah, solid pickup. Um, but it, but it's it's funny, too, that, again, that you bring up this whole young uh, roster thing uh, because two of the first three quarterbacks drafted in uh, this past draft, like, have super-duper young teams um, and, you know, I don't know how true this is, and I don't want to ramble on too much. Um, but the Colts are the only team in the NFL that does not have a player over 30 on the roster. So Which is Every good. single player <laughs> every single player on their roster is in their 20s, and that is the youngest team in the NFL. Um, and it just goes back to, like, just, like, if you're going to rebuild, at least give – like your young guys a chance to at least show who they are and whether or not you need to move on from them or not. Um, But it is, I mean, it looks like they're completely handing over the reins over to both your young quarterbacks and the Texans and and Colts here. Um, Cause like you said, I mean, you lose a guy like Desmond King or Christian Kirkley. I mean, that is a veteran, veteran leadership guy 
or leader that's in there that is no longer there, which yeah, you know, we'll see how that they, goes. They saved about five and a half million dollars with these cuts, and it just doesn't make sense because that's not a lot of money to be saving. No. Um, and you know, ultimately you're still in the rebuilding phase with a brand new quarterback. Um, if you're CJ Stroud, in my opinion, you're you're kind of pissed. You're, wow, you're kind of mad just because I... you know, ultimately, um, you know, you don't want you know you 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 don't want to be on the field or no you, you you don't want to be on the field down as much and as you would be in a competitive setting and losing yes. two veteran presences definitely does not help that in, and i apologize as, for the brief profanity that i almost slipped up on <laughs> <laughs> um but i i will say I, I mean both cuts do make sense um because at linebacker they do like they went out and they have like two young guys that they do have high hopes for in Christian Harrison and or Christian Harris and Henry Toho Toho. And then mm-hmm. at, at cornerback, you I'm a little surprised because uh, I don't know who the big thing about Desmond uh, or Desmond King is that like he returns punts. So I don't know who's going to be returning punts and kicks for him now. Um, but I maybe it's just a matter of the like. You want Derek Stanley to get as much run as he can, and Shaq Griffin. They went out and signed Shaq Griffin, um, but like they're like outside cornerback across from Derek Stingley is like Steven Nelson. Yeah, um, I that like it, that that one again doesn't make as much sense to me, but I do understand the Christian Kirk uh, Kirksley thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're I'm horrified at the situation. CJ, yeah, if you're CJ, you're you're a little bit mad when you're it, like I, I don't know. It's gonna be wrong. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't help that they don't have their first round pick going into the draft next year as well. And a team mm-hmm. that's definitely you know I I just want to look at, um, you know their cap space going into it. Okay, so they have eighty seven million, um, going into it for projected twenty twenty four, which is. It looks like the most, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's the yeah, most it's... right now in the league. Um, the Bears are projected 78, Patriots are projected at 85. So, um, you know, ultimately looking at that, it's like it's not a great look. Um, but, you know, it's hard to uh, – this is why I'm, I'm so – adamant on this rebuild that you know we'll probably get into today a little bit just because we are covering (laughs) them a little bit more um but i'm so huge on it because not only did they have the financial resources in the bears rebuild they also had the draft capital and they rebuilt through the draft and they are getting younger but they also signed you know quote-unquote veteran presence which is still under 30 years old maybe even under 28 years old as well Um, they're looking at young fast guys and everything and it looks like houston just isn't following that same formula and i'm not saying the bears formula has to be like oh this is perfect (laughs) this is the greatest thing to ever grace the sport of football i'm just saying it's more so like this is a good strategy to start off with if you're rebuilding Mm -hmm. in a completely new team and I'm not entirely sure what the Houston Texans are thinking at the moment because this is not a great direction to be headed in. I understand that you wanted CJ, and I understand that you also wanted Will Anderson. Those are two massive difference makers, but where do you go from there? You know, yeah. it seemed like a very spur of the moment decision. And I know this is months after the draft, but like that we're seeing how it plays out right now. Yeah. And ultimately next next offseason, it's gonna be interesting. Um I do want to move in a little bit more um, just because, you know, we were just talking about them. The Bears cut um, PJ Walker and Travis Gibson, um, among other people. But these were like two of the most surprising cuts for the Bears. Um, PJ Walker is surprising to most people on social media. Um, Ben, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that it's not surprising to either one of us. Um, (laughs) That was horrible. Uh, We looked at PJ Walker like this man started a couple games in last season. Like how? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Oh, I did. Badgen looked good too. Badgen won the QB two race, so very happy about that. Nathan Peterman did get cut, but it looks like they're trying to keep him on the practice squad. Mm -hmm. Um, PJ Walker got picked up. I forgot Uh, the Browns picked him up. Um, so, you know, that's, that's oh, something, yeah. um, Travis Gibson, 
despite the trade rumors, uh, first off, the Bears never intended on trading Darnell Mooney. So those were fake trade rumors that Ryan Poles himself said that he laughed at. Um, and Travis Gibson never walked into the Bears front office and asked for a trade. Um, Travis Gibson reported that himself on Twitter um, and confirmed yeah. <laughs> by Ryan Poles as well. Um, Poles said that strictly this wasn't a personality thing. This wasn't anything personal um, between the Bears and Travis Gibson. There's still a lot of mutual respect and everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's just more so a scheme thing. And they're trying to get as many scheme guys as possible to fill these depth you know, holes and Travis Gibson just didn't do that. It looked like he succeeded more in a 3-4. Um, and so that's why Travis Gibson went and signed with the, te- or the Titans, um, which is going to be a pretty decent fit. I'm actually, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do there. Um, yes. But, you know, that's a team that I can root for. I'm, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually a pretty decent team to, to go for as well. He might make a playoff appearance. Who knows? Um, but you know, we already talked about the Titans as well. We're not as high on them. I will say, um, I, I made a comment on the draft episode. If you guys didn't watch that, you guys don't have to, it was like an hour and a half long, but, um, I did say that I'm a little bit higher on the Titans than I used to be. Um, so I kind of corrected that. And now with Travis, it makes them all more fun to, um, root for, but, as I, our final no go ahead i'm so sorry yeah 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 you're all good i will say it's not he has not officially signed with the titans for those oh like, he announced it on twitter well he what he did with twitter was he said something that says but he posted a thing that said buy titans tickets but he never like came out and said i'm and then he said like tighten up let's go but he has not like officially signed anything there's not like a again like we've seen stranger things happen where players don't actually go there. I just want to we think he's going there and it really looks like he's going there, but I do want to say like he has not officially signed with the Titans because um, mm-hmm. there's been some weird and wild stuff that has happened in the NFL and I'd hate for this to come back and bite us in the butt. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that as well because I didn't see that he took that down um who knows i'm i'm looking forward to it um the yes. one team that i didn't want him to go to was the packers and he didn't go there so i'm cool with it um <laughs> finally the browns cut anthony schwartz um this guy was just a fun guy to watch in cleveland nothing really mm. too big here but i just made it a point just because i liked him um do you have anything else to add nope you caught you caught it all all right let's go ahead and move on you think you know football? Well, prove it. This is Pigskin Pick'em. Ben, would you like to introduce who we're talking about today? Because I need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like like Ryan's previous said on last week's episode, we purposely saved these two teams um, to be the final two teams we talked about in the segment. Uh, again, it lines up perfectly. We did it the reason we like the reason we did it the way we did. And so these two are the two teams that we talked about last. And so right when we're finished up with this season starts, uh, but who've been following along with us, you guys know at this point, the only two teams we haven't talked about are the two teams we're going to be talking about today. That's going to be the Packers and the Bears. Do we want to start off with the Packers and save the Bears like for last? I'm yeah, I'm saving the Bears for last um, yep. because yep. that, you know, yeah. Um, it's gonna be rough. You're not gonna like it, but I'm 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 being realistic with mine with the Bears and the Packers. So, but you're not gonna like it. You'll, but it's okay. You're gonna be surprised. We'll see. We'll see. Um. Yeah. All right. So Packers. Um. At Bears Week One. What do you think? I think you're gonna win. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. Do you think the Packers are gonna win? Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Oh. Okay. Um. So I have them losing. Um, let's see here. Um, anyways. Oh yeah. So I have the Packers losing here, um, strictly because, you know, the bears have this nice thing of winning on my birthday. So, or close to my birthday. So, um, they're going to treat me. So (laughs) when I turn 21, I don't have to, uh, be sad at the casino at midnight. Um, anyways, (laughs) um, week two at Falcons. What do you think? Um, I think they're going to be the Falcons as well. Um, I, I think, I think we're going to come away with this. Um, 
think we'll probably have the same or close to the same record prediction, but I am a little bit higher on the Packers than I would say maybe the public is, but we'll see. Okay. Um, I have them winning against the Falcons. You said that you're mm-hmm. a little bit higher on the Packers than the public is. I, I would say just a little bit higher. Again, like I said, um, again, we are not 21 when Ryan turns 21, he will, um, we'll like talk a little bit more about odds and whatnot. Um, but just, just like ba- based off of odds, if I were to bet, which I can't, I would be putting my money on the Packers win the division because their odds are just so much better. Like they're like only like 300 difference between the Bears and the Packers. And like I, I, I think the public is much, much lower on the Packers. And I think the public thinks the Packers are much closer to the Bears than what they are to even the Lions and Vikings. And I think they're closer to Lions and Vikings than they are the Bears. Okay. Um, I just filled out the rest of mine. Uh, so I'm good <laughs> to kind of break it off in chunks if you want. Um, I have them losing the next two games against the Saints and Lions here. Okay. Um, I have them losing against the Saints but beating the Lions. Like I said, I think they're much closer. Um, shocker, shocker. I have them splitting home and away with these with the Saints or with the Lions and, and Vikings uh, for a home team and a white team. So that shouldn't shock anyone if you guys made it this far and listened to my other predictions for other teams. <laughs> um, I have them beating the Raiders and then losing against the Broncos mm-hmm. and Vikings. Um, I have them beating the Raiders, uh, losing to the Broncos, but then beating the Vikings. Okay. So I have them beating the Rams, losing to the Steelers and Chargers. As do I. Yep, beating the Rams, losing to Steelers and Chargers. Um, I have them beating the Lions, losing against the Chiefs, and beating the Giants. I have them going on a little bit of a losing streak here with these three games. Um, I actually have them losing to Lions, Chiefs, and Giants. Okay. Um, So we're on the same exact page for the Lions, I think, then. Um, Just because you had them splitting. Um, My only thing is, I'll tell you this one thing, it's really weird between the Packers and Lions because when the Lions are competitive – um, the Lions end up winning at Lambeau and losing at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that's, you know, that's why I'm picking the that. Eagles but... and the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have them beating the Bucks, beating the Panthers, losing to the Vikings, and beating the Bears. Yep. I have them closing out the same. Um, so our schedule, I think I have – I might be one game up. I have them finishing 9-8. and eight. Just about 500. Four. Five, six, seven, eight. I have them eight and nine. I was going to say I have, I have we're one game difference from one another. Um, yeah, I have them. I will say this: it's going to be five hundred, and you have them going below five hundred. One game yeah. difference. So, I will say this: the the week eighteen matchup against the Bears is going to make me so mad oh, because gonna be that's going to be the one that's going to knock the Bears out of wild card contention. That wow, that is hot. I do not have the Bears to be in that good. I do not have the Bears being that good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get to it. I mean, we kept on pushing off this Bears talk eventually, and I guess this will be the time that we you talk have the, about it a little bit more. You have the Packers sweeping the Bears? Mm-hmm. You're crazy. Dude, um, once, the Bears, once the Bears win, then it'll be fine, but the Bears can't win against the Packers. History shows it, and I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but I do not <clears> care. Once I see it, it'll be fine, and we'll talk about it. We'll jump right into it. Again, the Bears are going to lose week one against the Packers. We'll jump into it. I have my concerns about Justin Fields. I understand that he's, uh, again, there's this whole discourse. Bragg's even talked about and whatnot. Like, you have to accept him for what he is right now, and you can't just view him as a passing quarterback. But I do need to see him to pass, and I think it's about time Packers or Bears fans have a conversation internally with themselves and need to say, we need to see this guy pass. You can talk about how good of a running area he is, which is fine. He's going to be a great runner, but he, you're a quarterback. You're not a running back. You need to pass a football just a little bit more, and you need to do it more efficiently and better than what you've done in the last few years. And from what we've seen so far, outside of that week one game or that preseason week one game, where he only threw screen passes, he has not looked good passing the football. 
And that and that point blank period, that's what it is. We'll see a change. And you can't tell me I'm wrong that's either. All I he say. has not. What? He it's not that he hasn't looked good because he has looked good. It's just the general <sighs> he's had he's had he's had hot flashes to where he's gotten his moments and everything. It's just gonna be more consistent in twenty twenty. He just isn't consistent. That's always been his issue. Like again, that's like I, I'm saying like he has the ability, but he hasn't My done it consistently. Is, and and, it's, and if you're not consistent, I don't care what you can do. It's so tough to succeed with the receivers that he was given last year. It's yes, you know, the year before that he wasn't even given a full season and he was still adjusting. So at first, I'll give him a break on his rookie season. Last year, you know, I, I'm I'm fully with you though. I think that this year is a as a straight up prove it year, but I think that this is it, it, this is going to be a takeoff year. I think that this is going to be a year to where so. we'll see a lot. But anyway, so we already know what's happening week one against the Packers. Um, what's happening against the Buccaneers? What do you think? <laughs> um, I actually pretty oh against the Buccaneers. What? Yeah. Week two. I completely just back. left that game out of my schedule. Um, I have them winning, though. Uh, I can't believe I have that like left out of the schedule, but I um I, I have them winning. So I have them losing the next two against the Chiefs and Broncos. That Broncos game is gonna be really close, though, I will say. It's gonna yeah, be really fun um, to watch. Yeah, I, I, I have them losing the next two as well. But I'm assuming the reason you said next two is because you have them beating the commanders. I have them winning the next three. Yeah, winning the next three. Wow. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I do have them beating the Commanders, but I do have them losing to the Vikings. But I, then I do have them beating the Raiders. So the only difference in that span of games is is, is the Vikings game. Um, you guys just aren't on the Vikings level. Um, I hate to break it to you, but um, that's where I'm at. But <laughs> the Vikings okay. game is the Jaquan Brisker breakout game. Um. Let's see. I have them losing against the next two in the Chargers and Saints. So do I. I'm going to touch on that comment, though. That comment, and, and not because of what you said, and, and it'll make sense once I um, like finish what I'm saying. That um, comment that you just made about Jaquan Brisker having his breakout game, um, mm-hmm. and I guess it, it makes sense that you say that because, again, we're not just a Bears podcast. We're not just an Eagles podcast. We're an NFL mm-hmm. podcast. But, like, when I see NFL media talk about, like, Quan Brisker, you know, breakout candidate this year and whatnot, it drives me off the walls because he has already been, like, like the term breakout means that, like, he was bad and now he's going to be good. Jaquan Brisker was good last year. Like, like I, I think yeah. he's going to get the shine that he deserves, but yeah. I think he's going to be exactly. just as good as what he was last year. So it's frustrating to me in general when people say breakout – because that implies that he was not good last year. And Jaquan Brisker yeah. was absolutely the best safety out of that draft class this past year and played like a top like 15-ish safety this past year. And he has been really good. Um, and, I mean, you know that. So, again, I'm not frustrated with like you saying that because I'm sure most it's just a general don't know word. that. Yes. Um, but like, oh, for those who don't know, just, just watch Jaquan Brisker play last year. Like, you guys will – he will be talked about a lot more than he was this past year. But just know, he has always been this good. <laughs> um, I'm going to switch something really quick. I'm going to have them lose against the Vikings at home but beat the Saints in New Orleans. Um, the reason why I'm doing that is because typically it looks – it seems like the Bears keep it a lot closer when they're playing the Vikings in Minnesota than when they're playing them at home. Um, but you know, when it comes down to the saints game, I think that one's going to be really close. And I think that it's going to come down to like a Cairo Santos, um, buzzer beater (laughs) kick or something, you know, um, that's another one that's going to be really close, but I've been beating the Panthers losing against the lions and then beating the Vikings and lions. Uh, I actually have them just going on a major losing streak here after this Panthers game. I'm just going to lay it out for you. Um, I have them beating the Panthers, uh, but then I have them losing the next four straight against the Lions, Lions, Vikings, Lions again, and Browns. That's fair. Um, 
Which is funny because I'm not see. high on the Browns and all season you've been like, be a little bit higher on the Browns. And this is a podcast yeah. so I decided to be a little bit higher on the Browns. I don't remember <laughs> which one I ended on. Um, let's see. You ended on the yeah. Lions, so you didn't talk about the Browns game. If you, you should the probably Browns should watch okay. Yeah, um, I have them losing against the Browns, winning against the Cardinals, winning against the Falcons, losing against the Packers. Yep, yep. As I said, I had them losing against the Browns previously, uh, but those last four games look the exact same. I have them losing against the Browns, beating the Cardinals, Falcons, um, and then losing against the Packers. For me, that puts our overall record at 6-11. and 11. I think that's realistic. I think we will, after that rant I just went on, I do think we'll, we'll come back this season and say Justin Fields showed us what we wanted him to. Um, but again, it still, still has to be a little bit of a concern. But um, yeah. 6 and 11, That'll... and I think they're going to be better than what the record shows. So looking at the, um, you know, oh my gosh, that's crazy. So we <laughs> have a three way tie for me um, yeah. in the division at 9 and 8 between the Bears, Lions, and Vikings. Packers finishing. Nine, you have the Bears nine. going nine and eight. I do. Holy delusion. Um, um, let's see. <laughs> um, the well, the Packers would be in front of the Bears because the Packers won the head to head. Well, no, the, or did the you Packers have the Bears are the one? Packers are last. The Packers are did last you, at eight. The Bears nine. winning week one. Oh, the Packers are eight matter. nine. I thought you said not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are the Packers eight nine? You said. Packers are eight and nine in my predictions. Everybody else is nine and eight. You're telling me the Packers are going to finish worse than the Bears? Yes, absolutely. Unbelievable. Do you want to make a like a friendly bet right now? I'll put twenty dollars uh, yeah. on that right now. No, I don't I'll put twenty dollars on that right now. But I'll do ten dollars. I'll do ten dollars. Yeah, we'll make it. I'll make a note right $10. now. Um, All right. Looking forward to getting ten dollars from me at the end of the season. So I put it in the in the in the title here. Um, anyways, we'll regroup and everything. Um, anyways, that does it for the Pigskin Project, um, Pigskin Pick'em for the 2023 season for the schedule predictions. Um, I'm gonna try my absolute hardest now. Keep in mind, same thing as last year. Every schedule is not consistent with every single team. No, um, it is not. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to update it podcast to podcast and eventually it'll fill out a playoff bracket for the standings that we had. Um, so Ben tomorrow or not next week, what I will do is put that all together. We'll go over it before the season to kind of celebrate the start of the season. And from there we'll do our, you know, predictions as to what our Super Bowl would be in that scenario. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. But Ladies and gentlemen, a return of a segment is here. Pro football isn't the only game in town. Let's take a stroll to Ben's College Corner. I'm going to step away for like half a second more. Um, And by half a second, I mean maybe like a couple minutes. But um, Ben, the show and floor is yours. Yeah, man, you do your thing. Um, Yeah, so for those, again, we we touched on it a little bit. Um, last week, but there was college football back last week. It was week zero, uh, kind of the only two games that we touched on, um, that we thought were like of importance was that Notre Dame Navy game, um, and the USC St. Jose game. Um, no surprise in either of those games. Um, Notre Dame absolutely smoked Navy, um, and USC did good. I mean, like they won by like 30 points, but I, Kind of would have hoped a little bit of a better, um, like a look for them, but you know it is what it is. San Jose uh, kind of consistently has been able to score points on teams they probably shouldn't have been able to do so. Um, but the no- Notre Dame, like their D line or not D line, um, O line, like it, it's going to be a question if they played anyone other than Navy with a half decent O line and D line. Um, it's going to be questionable. I'm interested to see how they hold up for the rest of the season. Um, but the number one thing when you were looking at Notre Dame was how was Sam Hartman, their like kind of golden snitch of their of their um, 
transfer portal class. They're, they're a quarterback. How is he going to look in week one and kind of in that Marcus Freeman offense? And he absolutely killed it when he played. Um, like, yes, it was not even close. He just made Navy defense look absolutely silly. Um, but kind of as, as an outlook to this game, there's like 10,000 games being played this week. Um, again, I'm not going to go through and cover all of them just because it'd be an absolute waste of time, especially like week one, because week one is usually when you see these bigger time schools kind of playing these powder cake teams. Like, for example, like Oklahoma was playing Arkansas State. Like that's just or, or Michigan's playing like East Carolina. And like so that's usually when you see these, these bigger teams playing these like Oregon's playing Portland State and like Old Miss is playing like mercy so like it's just not like worth covering a lot of these like bigger name games uh but there are like five or six excuse me there's five or six games i uh, picked out that i thought or at least mentioned or like worth to, uh, mentioning and whatnot um and in the first one of that will actually be played tomorrow at eight o'clock um eight o'clock my time eight o'clock uh, eastern time that so when, when, when I'm telling you guys these times, it's going to be Eastern time. Uh, again, that's the time I live in. Um, if you guys live in Central time, that'll just be an hour before uh, the, what I'm saying. Um, but the first like fun game is going to be Utah. I think it's uh, 17th ranked Utah versus Florida. And it'll be interesting to see the whole quarterback situation there at Florida now that Anthony Richardson is gone. Um, and Utah has always kind of been a team that feels the need to have to continue to prove themselves because uh, they've kind of always been the powerhouse of the Pac-12, um, which, you know, they're leaving now. Uh, but it'll be fun to see that. And then as far as uh, games on Saturday, which is kind of the slate we're a little bit more used to, um, the first game uh, in that noon that I thought would have been really interesting is Tennessee versus Virginia. Um, Tennessee is having Joe Milton, their quarterback, who reminds me so much of Hendon Hooker, which is really ironic, but just a more athletic, just Hendon Hooker, but like souped up that was made in the lab. Just a quarterback that has a really big arm and is like super mobile. I know he went to Michigan, so I know the whole, you know, Joe Milton experience there. Uh, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how he settles in. Uh, and then just a look at Tennessee throughout the season with their, um, um, with their freshman quarterback, um, Nico, who's a five-star. He, like, had the most NIL money, like, in the history of college sports and whatnot. So, throughout the season, it'll be interesting to see how that quarterback battle goes. Uh, and then Penn State versus West Virginia. Penn State, in that, in that game, the Tennessee-Virginia game is at 12 uh, or at noon. Uh, and then the Penn State-West Virginia game is at Saturday at 730. Uh, Penn State is kind of a team people um, – have come out of the woodworks about a little bit more and say like, this is going to be a good team. Uh, I can't quite get there yet on Penn state um, just because they are coming in. They're bringing in a new quarterback. So this will be his first time starting, uh, but they have the foundation there under um, their head coach to, to be a good team. Um, and West Virginia isn't quite one of those powder, like uh, powder cake schools. Like they should at least give a little bit of a competition, but West Virginia historically has not been good the past few years, but it'll be interesting to see how Penn state does. And if Penn state can prove me wrong, uh, when I say Penn state, I'm, I'm not quite there on Penn state. Um, and then the other seven o'clock game on Saturday that really piques my interest is UNC versus South Carolina. Um, and that one is always just a fun game to watch because it's North Carolina versus South Carolina. There's a rivalry going there. Um, kind of the big storyline in that game is going to be your Spencer Rattler versus your, uh, Drake May, Drake May, widely regarded the second best QB in the class. Spencer Rattler, a name that um, NFL GMs have kind of been like, hey, watch out, this guy's going to be a little bit sneaky. Uh, Spencer Rattler, the former five-star quarterback, number one ranked quarterback in his class, kid who transferred from Oklahoma to uh, South Carolina, who's looked um, pretty good in the South Carolina system. Uh, so we'll see if Spencer Rattler can take that step forward. And if Drake May can, can can solidify himself as the second-best quarterback in this class. Um, and then the last game um, in the game I'm most excited for about this week, um, obviously outside of my Michigan game, um, but the game I'm most excited for this week um, is going to be your FSU versus your Louisiana State um, or LSU. Um, and I know Ryan knows this, and I know a couple other people know this that I've kind of talked to, but I don't think I've like officially like stamped my claim on this. Um, 
FSU is the school this year, at least, that I'm going to say outside of your, like, Georgia, your Michigan, your Ohio State, your Alabama, outside of, like, the powerhouses that you guys are used to seeing, um, Florida State is going to be that contender that not enough people are talking about just yet. Um, but then I think after week one, when they go and they beat LSU, people are going to start talking about them a little bit more. Um, FSU's offense is just wild. I think arguably they have – I think they arguably have the best uh, quarterback, wide receiver, um, running back trio. Um, now people might argue for Ohio State just because of their running back and wide receiver, but Cal McCord, we'll have to see what he does in the Ohio State offense. Um, but FSU with uh, Travis uh, – Jordan Travis, um, Benton, their running back, and then Johnny Wilson – who I am absolutely in love with. I always like to stake my claim on kind of the draft prospect that I think will rise up. Um, last year was Quentin Johnston. Paid out kind of well for me um, when I said he was going to be a first-round pick. He was. Johnny Wilson's going to be that guy for me this year. Um, he's like six seven. A dude that size should not be playing wide receiver, but he manages to just make everyone look silly. Um, so I think this is going to kind of be – uh, FSU's coming out party. People are going to start looking at him a little bit more. Um, but Brian Kelly there at LSU really has a a chance right here against playing FSU and, and stamping his claim and say, see, this is going to be the LSU team that everyone wanted to see last year with Jaden um, Davis, their quarterback. Um, so I think, again, these are all a couple good games. Um, your college team is probably playing this week. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that. Like I know OSU – um, they're coming to uh, Bloomington this week and actually playing. Um, I have tickets for that. So if you're in the Bloomington area and you want tickets for that, let me know because I will not be going to that game because it work. Um, but your team is probably playing this week. Uh, so just watch out for your team. Um, if they're a bigger name school, they're probably playing a small school that you've never heard of before. Um, but it, it's, it's good to have college football back. Oh, and then the last game I didn't uh, talk about um, – and the 3.30 slot on uh, Saturday is going to be Washington versus Boise State. That's more just me looking at Washington. Michael Penix um, has kind of been like your Heisman uh, dark horse, um, someone who looks to hopefully make an A for himself and be a first-round quarterback this year. He's had injury issues. I don't know if he's ever going to be in that conversation or whatnot, uh, but they have a really good quarterback and then two really good outside wide receivers. I would say probably the second best wide receiver tandem in college football outside of, sadly, Ohio State. Um, but like I said, it's just good. I could go on for hours talking about college football, so I'm not going to talk you guys head off too much. Um, I'm going to kind of let Ryan um, kind of say his piece, and then we can move on to that last segment. Last game, too, that I forgot about on Monday as well, 8 o'clock, Clemson versus Duke. That's always a fun one. There's a little rivalry there. Clemson's going to win. Um, but it's just another fun rivalry game to watch out for. But, Ryan, any thoughts, opinions, um, or whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I'm overall just pretty – I'm looking forward to uh, – I mean, Colorado and TCU as a team – there is a game that I'm really looking forward <laughs> to, uh, given the fact, you know, Dion's coaching – um, it's, it's really, really interesting there just to see what they could put up. I think ultimately with TCU, you know, they made some noise, but it's, it's time to show it, it put up or show up type thing. Um, obviously you already said Tennessee and Virginia, that'd be interesting as well. Um, you know, I'm going to be watching Ohio state and Indiana. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> hey, if you can Penn find state, your way down here, I'll give you a ticket for it. Hey, I would love to. I just, I, I doubt that that's going to be a thing that I'll be able to do. Um, anyways, so, um, you know, that, let's see, LSU and Florida State is going to be amazing. Uh, and then mm. good old-fashioned Tulane is going to be great as well. So um, it, it's going to be an awesome week. Football's back. It's going to be amazing. Um, but ultimately, I think that uh, I think that it's time to move on to our next segment. What do you think? Yes. It's time for America's favorite game, Weddle. All right. So let's go ahead and get started here. I'm very excited for this just because 
Um, did they change their background, or am I just stupid? What's going on here? Did Weddle change to white? That's weird. Anyways, mm, let me. They were like a light here. blue. That's what I thought, but now it's this. Let me move this really quick. I'm so sorry. Hmm. And now there's ads everywhere. Yeah. Huh. Great. Hmm. Awesome. Not sponsored by iRobot. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there... Yeah, that's so weird. All right. Cool. Well, I uh, I guess I'll start us off. Like um, yeah, it's really ugly. Um, I'll start us off. Give me uh, Cole Komet. Wow, that's nothing. Wow. Yeah, this is hideous. What dude. a pull. Um, awesome. There's no way it's this guy would give me Josh Allen. Oh, we're really killing it. Oh, man, this is a great start. Um, AFC wide guy. receiver running back in the AFC. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Get a little bit closer Your here. Your favorite. 31. It's a wide receiver that either plays for the AFC North or South. Hmm. I'm thinking I, I think it's I Odell Beckham Jr. Ah. Okay, so I don't know. Um 31. DeAndre Hopkins. There it is. This is hideous, dude. I hate this. I uh, um, yeah, no, it's not my favorite. That's for sure. All right, um, I'll go first. All right. He seems a lot bigger than six four in person. Just saying. I bet he does. Brandon Graham. Did I read a report that he's available for trade? No. He did no? not. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, this should be easy for me. Um, what was we'll see. Let's hope you get it here because if you don't get down this guess, I will probably get it. <laughs> I don't have like an idea of where I'm going here. Um, Dang it. Well, that gives it up. Hmm. Well, yeah, that gives it up. It could be I'm deciding between two guys here. Like my head says Fletcher Cox just because of like like everything here, but the whole thing is Fletcher Cox is I'm almost certain Fletcher Cox is 32, so it should have lit up. And Fletcher Cox is what it was a couple weeks ago. I mean, I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox, but that just doesn't seem right to me. Okay. Wow. Well, that was a hideous version of Weddle. Not a fan of that. <laughs> ben takes a 12-point lead. Woo. And um, we made our friendly bet today. So that's huge. Um, yes. So anyways, thank you guys for sticking around. Ben, do you have any closing comments? Nope. College football is back. Uh, football will be back a week from tomorrow. Uh, stay safe. You guys are going to a college football game. Don't do anything stupid. Um, and just remember to enjoy yourself. Go Packers. Go Packers, he says. Jesus. Go Pack, go. Anyways. Oh, by um, the way, that fantasy belt's going to look really good back here. But now nah, I'm done. No, yeah, I can't wait for our trade to process, dude. My team's gonna look so nice. Um, anyways, for those of you that watched, um, the the trade or the the draft, I guess we should maybe tell people what happened. Um, so Ben and I made our first, you know, team trades, our our team's first trades of the season. I gave him Derek Carr, TJ Hawkinson, and Jalen Waddle, and he gave me Keenan Allen, Trevor Lawrence, and Pat Fryer. <laughs> um, For those wondering, too, I was in desperate need or slash want to get rid of Keenan Allen. If you guys don't know that or why that is, go back, watch it, skip to like the 22-minute marker, 26-minute mark, I think is what it is. Um, 
skip to the 26 minute mark. I don't want to explain myself any more than go yeah. back. We'll post it on Charter TikTok. 26 or minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, and then on top of that as well. Um, so David, our champion that picked a 10, traded with uh Wombles that traded or that drafted at seven. Absolute I think. steal. Um, Tyler Lockett and Brees Hall for Eight. KJ Osborne and JK Dobbins. Dude, it's always like Whenever Wombles has something going for him, it seems like David just pries it away from him. It sucks. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a common theme that we'll probably see on the podcast when we announce the trades and stuff like that for people that want to keep up with it. But um, I think that does it for this week's episode of the Pigskin Project. We want to say thank you to Regional Radio Sports Network, Uppercut um, Grooming, um, Overtime Sports Network, and... Spotify for podcasters. Um, we want to be, give a big thank you to anybody that stuck around this week. Um, and at the end of the day, please leave us a comment, subscribe, do anything like that to be able to help promote the podcast in any way that we can. Um, and from there, we'll see you guys next week. Go Bears.